really are back to that fucking. Mm-hmm. It's just tones. Someone just left a paperweight on a keyboard. <laughs> Ooh, we have reached the 30-second mark. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh, wait. Here we go. <laughs> He's going to shoot him with a firework. All right, everybody, welcome to Lucky Episode 13 of the Final Deletion Suite in the Big Match Minute, which is what this podcast is. I'm Diet Coke. And I'm Lilith. And today we're talking about my favorite numbered minute, number 13, in the Final Deletion. You have a fondness for 13. I do. I do have a fondness for the number 13. Let's talk about that for... A conspicuous amount of time. <laughs> my, <laughs> I was born on the 13th. My sister was born on the 13th of a different month. Uh, and I think it's just, uh, I, th- I like to embrace the unluckiness of it. People say it's uh, it's mm-hmm. not a fun number. They say it brings bad fortune. But hey, I owe my whole life to the number 13 because I was born that day. How much of that Lucky 13 fashion brand have you invested in? Is that a real thing, or is or are we traveling down a bit avenue? No, that's like isn't that like a thing? I feel like I've seen people wear that. I'm actually I'm I'm actually not familiar with this. Yeah, there's like a whole lucky thirteen. It's not your style, okay? Which is part of the reason why I thought you know <laughs> there might be some fun to discuss there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let yeah, me yeah. let me look it up. Let me uh. Get some info. Oh my lord, my cat is being very needy. Apologies to the listeners. She's demanding attention. Here, I'm just gonna link a shirt to you that I think you might enjoy from them. Okay. I don't think you'd wear it just because of the style of it, but Oh yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Not my style, but yeah, that's pretty cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're looking yeah. at uh, it says Gilman's hot rods and choppers, and it's like a fish man with an eye patch and a cigar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, you know, there's a lot of like classic uh tattoo aesthetic. Yeah, like classic tattoo aesthetic, biker aesthetic, it looks like. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, not not really my style. And all of it says like lucky thirteen or thirteen on it. Yeah, this it makes sense to me that you knew about this and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, that this yeah. is necessarily your style, but you you go to the type of places where you're more likely to interact with people in this go to the time. type of places, ogle the type of women who wear this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, there's, I feel a, like there's a dangerously thin line between classic like tattoo aesthetic and rockabilly aesthetic that I that. Yeah. You, know, you got to be careful with that. I mean, there's there's definitely rockabilly adjacent and rockabilly things that yeah. lucky 13 does and and i you know uh i'm not gonna say i've never tried to fuck a rockabilly girl but 
(laughs) haven't been able to follow through. You got to be careful with that, though. (laughs) 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 Not all all rockabillies are, you know. You know, one 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 minute you're having a fucking uh, good time hitting on a hot girl with a with that same tattoo that everybody has. Uh, next minute you're you're hearing like quasi neo Nazi shit and listening to some idiot yodel over an acoustic guitar. Hey, <laughs> Diet Coke. I listen to black metal. I'm very aware of that fine line. <laughs> yeah, that's true. that exact fine line. <laughs> <laughs> Those are very, very real risks that I run in the circles I do run in. So, like, <laughs> yeah, it's fair. <laughs> you gotta lecture me. <laughs> I was trying to remember the name of any specific uh, rockabilly artist, uh, mm, and I couldn't. For that couldn't bit. think of old Reverend Horton Heat. No, well, I was searching for Wanda Jackson, but I couldn't remember her last name. No. Okay. Uh, Reverend Horton Heat has a song called Bales of Cocaine about uh, uh, bales of cocaine falling out of like a Cessna plane. Um, now, let me ask and, you this. What is a yeah. bale? <laughs> like a bale of hay? Well, yeah, but hay and hay is a wheat and cocaine's a powder. <laughs> yeah, but if you, th- I mean, you, you gotta pack the stuff into. Anyway, the first time I heard this song was because uh, my English teacher in sophomore year broke out his acoustic guitar and sang bales of cocaine for us um any reason during, or just... during class <laughs> i don't remember this was many years ago but like was it to illustrate a lesson or was he just into the song oh mr far was definitely into the song this is also this is also mr far who like two years after I graduated high school, we like hung out at a Dresden Dolls concert <laughs> together. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I ran into him outside of a Nine Inch Nails concert. That's uh, several years ago. I don't, I don't know that I have it. I don't know that I've ever hung out with teachers after after high school. Yeah, yeah. Um. I actually had a teacher who ended up like teaching a class that I was in in college. Um, We really are avoiding talking about the minute, aren't we? Well, there's not a lot going on in this minute. So (laughs) I made the initial. (laughs) I made the initial like assessment. We have four minutes that we need to like real, really knuckle down and get through because they're wrestle heavy minutes. And I drew that line because. Spoiler alert, in minute 13, the fireworks get busted out. And that sentence is like the interesting thing to say about this minute. Yeah. We see, well, let's break down the minute. We yes. see some bad wrestling for like 30 seconds. Yes. Well, we see some bad wrestling for like 15 seconds. Yes. And then we see 15 seconds of shuffling about. Actually, mm-hmm. maybe that is more like a full 30. I'm looking at them and now the fireworks don't go off until second 43. And I want to be clear that there is just... Yeah, this whole time we're just dealing with... Just tones. As, as, yeah. as Jason Siegel once said, just dark tones. That's all it is. Yes. That's all it is. Um, um, and then uh, our friend Matt gets out a, some kind of firework of some kind. Well, it does. There's a chair shot. 
Oh, there is a chair shot. Which yeah, that's you know, before. listen, we're not we're not, we don't get a lot of material out of this minute. We can't be skipping over things like chair shots, two chair chair shots. Okay, what do you want to say about the chair shots? I like it when people hit each other with chairs. <laughs> okay, that is cool. There we yeah. get a two count also on this minute. Yeah, we do, we do. And then Matt fucking lights the firework tube on a tiki torch i want to say we get a we get i'm gonna say a poorly mixed two count in that without the roar of a crowd a, yeah. a, a muffled two count where the 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 dark tone is louder than that yeah there's not a lot of tension there you know uh-huh uh-huh we know that this isn't the <laughs> yeah. end of the match <laughs> Yeah, an audience, you know, either doesn't know that it's going to be a two count or at least has suspended their disbelief enough to act right. like it. They don't know it's going to be a two count. But the music is clearly signaling Just that this match is not us. over. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which is really like a fundamental like flaw of, of you know, cinematic storytelling. Well, that's I mean, um, that's I would say a good reason is to avoid <laughs> avoid that mechanic. You know, Firefly yeah. Funhouse didn't have any two counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Boneyard match didn't have two counts either because it that wasn't about that. Yeah, no, that was not a it was not a match to a, a to a pinfall, yeah. um, which I mean, really like making making a cinematic match like this to to a pinfall is pretty goofy ill-advised i would say (laughs) yeah 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 i mean if you're gonna put like conventional wrestling rules into like i would say i would say a last man standing match is like the best you can do yeah like you know that kind of makes sense but like you know just fucking bury aj styles alive like that's yeah that's great. He doesn't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want to see that? See his stupid little glove poking out through the dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what would have been funny but too stupid? <laughs> I understand why What's they that? didn't do this. If if the if Undertaker had put like a wig on the tombstone so that it looked like AJ <laughs> Styles' hair. Oh, that would have been good. <laughs> anyway, two shot, chair shot, two shot, yeah. two count, chair shot. And then Matt finds the firework. Yeah. And lights it on a tiki torch. Yep. And um and Jeff defends himself with a garbage can lid. Like yeah, they're so on classic opposite... child shield prop. <laughs> uh-huh. They're they're like on opposite they're they're like on the ground but on opposite corners of the wrestling ring. Yeah, so that Jeff can also use like the the, the ring post yep. to like make sure Perfect additional shields. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this is I I wrestling is dangerous. It ain't ballet, folks, as yeah. they do <laughs> say. But um, hey, ballet is dangerous too. <laughs> ballet is very fucking dangerous. But uh, shooting fireworks at someone's face is super dangerous. <laughs> yeah, like super duper dangerous. All for um, a a, <laughs> a drone shot in which what we mostly see is smoke. Uh huh. <laughs> Two dots yeah. kind of dancing around the bright lights. Uh huh. Were you one of these kids that screws around with fireworks? fireworks no because i couldn't get my hands on them but i did screw around with fire a lot as a boy scout um well well, you were you were a fire kid a lot of fire kids out there (laughs) yeah axe body spray which is a big thing when i was a kid is extremely flammable and can be turned into a like we saw with uh 
Mr. Whalen's uh, medicine in uh, Alien versus Predator can be turned into a, a can of Axe body spray can be turned into a competent flamethrower with a simple lighter. I I heard of kids doing that, and I knew kids who did that, but I was too scared. I was because I honestly, even still to this day, I find it scary. What if the flame go back in the can? I mean, that simply can't. You have to think about like what is needed for fire. Okay. Why can't it go back in the can? What? What? If, what? If no the... oxygen inside the can. There's no oxygen inside the can. There's not nearly enough oxygen for that to work. Because the the what is happening what's happening outside of the can is that the fuel, which is uh-huh. the Axe body spray, is uh-huh. mixing with the oxygen in the air, uh-huh. along with the energy of the fire, to create fire you can't if you if you three components of fire yeah you need all three of them okay but what if the fire that's what if the axe body spray that's near your finger catches on fire what if the, what if the, it, the fire just goes back a little you know i mean yeah that happens your <sighs> finger gets a little burned Oof, too scary yeah i mean hot hot things can, yeah playing with fire you'll get a little bit burned um my when i was a kid my grandpa told me that he was playing with roman candles with his friends when he was a kid mm-hmm. <laughs> that he lost a finger had to get it sewed back on and as a kid i believed him but in retrospect i don't know how a roman yeah, candle a would, would 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 make you lose a finger and that in such a way that it would be able to be sewn back on yeah and that you as a 60 year old man talking to your grandchildren now have just 10 indistinguishable fingers Right, right, right. That is the all parts of that are just there's so much to not believe. It was I think I bought it though because my dad did lose a finger and have it sewed back on and he does have the scar to prove it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, listen, listen. I was like finger losing runs in this family. I'm probably going to lose one one day was my thought as a kid. My dad lost a whole ass leg when he was like 19. <laughs> so, um I, you know, Fear of doing stupid shit was drilled into me, but uh, yeah. maybe just not enough. <laughs> yeah, but that's like also clearly real. Whereas, like, yeah, like I, I'm assuming your father wasn't faking that. Um, <laughs> no, I, no, I, I really have to doubt that my grandpa lost a finger to a Roman yeah. candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, because I, I, you know, I can see my dad like put on his leg every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh what where were we in the minute i mean we were at the end of the minute yeah we're talking about the fireworks hardy's fucking shooting fireworks like you know this is it this is the show baby talking about fireworks is that's what we got (laughs) yeah yeah um how about i tell the story of how my dad lost his leg (laughs) (laughs) if you want <laughs> have I told you this story before? No, I didn't even know your dad had had lost a leg. Hey there, listeners. So yeah, we I am about to tell this story. Uh, it's got kind of a couple uh, gross details. If you don't want to hear it, go ahead and skip ahead to about eighteen thirty on your podcast player. All right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad was, I think, like nineteen, maybe. Oh. Um, and uh, he okay. So he was gonna he wanted to go surfing with his friends and um he 
Arby's got his order wrong, I believe is one of the stuff he did. I never in a million years would have expected Arby's getting his order wrong to be a factor in this story. It is, it is. He was also high. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so they want to go serve him, but they got to stop at Arby's first. They're high. Yes. And Arby's got his order wrong, and so there was was a delay getting to the train yard where they were going to hop a freight car to get to where they were going to go surfing. This story is like full of red herrings too. Like I assume like, Oh, maybe he'd like hit the reef or something. <laughs> so my dad's wearing a, my dad's wearing a backpack when okay. he gets onto this train and the train, uh, goes under like a tunnel or bridge or something like that, that has not very good clearance. Did this happen around my neck of the woods? I know, I know, at a very early age, you lived around. I, it my neck did. Of the it woods. did. It did happen in California, okay. I believe. I think it might have been more northern, but okay. Sorry, I don't know. No, no, no. I think this. I think this would have been around the time that my dad was in college. Which, yeah, he went. He went to college more in like northern Northern California. I'm forgetting the name of the, the university, okay. but um. So the the tunnel hits the backpack. Okay. And my dad is knocked off the train leg lands on the tracks and oof yeah that'll do it yeah that'll uh, that did it um my dad Wait, he was, the reason i was back this, was just like hanging out the the door i think he wasn't like in the uh, train okay. yet he had kind of you know he was like hanging off of it i think kind of the way they do in movies yeah that's uh, terrifying and part of the reason why I learned this story at a young age is because when I was in Scouts, my dad would tell the story because um, he managed to, one, not go into shock immediately, and two, not go into shock for long enough to instruct his friends on how to make a tourniquet. Because um, he was in Scouts, his friends weren't, so he knew how to make a tourniquet. Yeah, that, that story, this is already a story you would tell to, in Scouts if you were one of the yeah. adults there. But with that detail, that's that's a lock. That, yeah, that, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's like, that feels like it would be part of the official Scout curriculum now, for any troop near enough your dad. I didn't hear the part about Arby's or marijuana of until course. I was much older. <laughs> he could have told you the part about Arby's. <laughs> I think Arby's came around like 13, 15, that around then, and then marijuana came like 1920. If, if right this was then. a if this was a sitcom, <laughs> it, it would be he would have told you about the weed first because it would have been more more important to protect you from Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> like so, so millennial parents dropping off their kid. Yeah, so we're um we're in no Arby's household, so like <laughs> we just don't mention Arby's around little Xanther. Um, <laughs> talk about it. If you have any rappers, please just keep them out of sight. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're uh, they stopped making Star Wars movies in the early '80s household. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that household's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, you fucking are. <laughs> Did you? This is we're getting wildly off topic yes. here, but as we've as we've discussed, we discussed, yeah. Did you see my my Star Wars related take that I posted on Twitter earlier today? Diet Coke. Yeah. 
The answer is no, but like, did you see <laughs> my Star Wars take said by Diet Coke, who's you are <laughs> practically just a machine that makes Star Wars takes. <laughs> I did say uh, today, and I believe I've only posted one Star Wars take to the TL you today. Believe you believe? I could be wrong. It? Let's see. I'm gonna double check. <laughs> There's a real chance that I'm wrong and just forgot. Um, let's see. Okay, so it's not a take, but I did retweet. I did retweet <laughs> Star Wars content. Uh-huh. Within the last twenty four hours. Uh huh. So what but was I, your fucking Star Wars take? Oh, that. Li- and listen, that if if there was if if we had some kind of wish making apparatus mm-hmm. that the only specific wish it could do is switch directors from two movies. Yes, I think. Uh huh. Zack Snyder should have directed Star Wars Episode Nine, and J.J. Abrams should have headed up the DC Extended Universe. Ooh, I feel like that is better suited to both of their talents. Would you also give Snyder the Force Awakens, like just swap no. their roles in each? No, in I think because I, I do like Force Awakens. I mean, selfishly, I, I wouldn't give him Force Awakens because I like Force Awakens already. Um, it, it would be interesting. I don't. I don't, think I don't hurt Force Awakens that badly by giving it to Snyder. I don't think oh. it'd be a, that much worse of a movie. I don't. Mm, I think it might, because then he's reshaping the conversation. You know what I mean? Like then he's yeah. then he's he's has a bigger influence as a whole. But I think and when he I does think then of, influence the Last Jedi too. Yeah, which that is yeah. a problem. Yeah, he. Because when I think I was thinking about Revenge of the Sith, as I often do, yes, you do. and you know you talk about George Lucas's ideas about Revenge of the Sith and and how he kind of imagined it as this like, you know, sometimes he calls it Shakespeare, sometimes he calls it Greek myth, but it was it was about this 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 you know this high epic story more so than it was about characters, and that's why mm-hmm. he didn't prioritize dialogue, obviously, right? Uh, and then I think about the Snyder Cut, which I did like. And how it was very much about like the DC heroes as Greek gods. See, I, that's an interesting concept, mm-hmm. but I don't think maps that well to the DC heroes. Yeah. Um, but in the Snyder Cut, you kind of see what he's going for, and it kind of works. But I think if you take that same kind of high-minded attitude, and, and I think he could have made a great movie in Star Wars that I mm-hmm. would have liked. Maybe it would be similarly maligned, like yes. uh, Revenge of the Sith is, but I would like it. And then J.J. Abrams, he's at his best when he's just nakedly knocking off Steven Spielberg. And I think that kind of big budget box office, just easy smile and charm would Mm -hmm. lend itself very well to Superman. I can I can see the argument for both of those things. Now, I'm glad (laughs) when I'm doing Star Wars takes. um, I go for quality and not quantity. Sure. Which is why my only Star Wars take of recent note, which we're going to talk about on the podcast, is that Qui-Gon Jinn is a raging homophobe. And I do agree with this. That is, that's like, that's that, this is where like, I've, I've, I've put so much more time into Star Wars. I think you would say it's fair to agree. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm Salieri here, and you're Mozart. <laughs> like I'm slaving away at my music on these Star Wars takes, and then here comes you slash Mozart, and you're just like, ah, oh, here's something easy. I'll just throw it out, and it's it's more brilliant than anything I've ever done. 
just Qui-Gon Jinn just casually, you know, making limp-wristed motions when, when people are asking, like, oh, what was, what was up with Darth Maul? Like, the guy who attacked you, he's just like, I don't know, kind of seemed a little, uh, you know. <laughs> it's so good, because it's funny. It makes Qui-Gon Jinn more enjoyable, because already what's enjoyable yeah. about Qui-Gon Jinn is hating him. So this adds another layer, and it adds some some pathos to the obviously gay Obi Wan Kenobi character. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and <I think. laughs> and it adds some conflict to the the like the earthship of the prequels, which is of course Obi Wan and Darth Maul. Like, how does Obi Wan feel? Like. It adds more. I don't necessarily agree that that's the airship because you'll know that I'm an Obi Wan Dex Jester fan. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I was about to say, (laughs) I was about to say something about like, well, I'm talking about characters that actually have lines, but I actually think Dex Jester has more lines than Darth Maul does. If we're just talking about the prequel films, he 100% does because Darth Maul has. Two or three lines, depending yeah. on which version you're watching. Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. Dex has, like, you know, he's got a whole scene. He's got, a, he's got, a, he's got a whole scene. I'll give you, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I feel like, you know, you know, Darth Maul. Um, Darth Maul is actually a character that a lot of people remember, as opposed to Dex Jetster, which is a character that only people with taste remember. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Yes. Is there any chance I could convince you to watch the four-hour, nineteen-minute Revenge of the Sith cut Jesus. that I found online? Okay, because well, I'll so, tell you what it does. It, it yeah. incorporates a lot of element from the Clone Wars. So I mean, you you do have to just suspend your disbelief as it goes between live action and animation. Yeah. yeah. But I'll tell you what it does. It inserts mm-hmm. Darth Maul into the conversation of Episode Three, and I and I think that's really fantastic. That I like. That both of those aspects I like. Does it cut down the Mustafar lightsaber sequence at all? No, I think it might even make it longer. Okay, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. I'm so out. You can fast forward through that part. I won't get mad. (laughs) Okay, okay. That I I will will consider. I... That fucking lights... I mean... Honestly, you're going to think I'm insane and there's no way this would ever happen. Uh-huh. I I would watch a version of Revenge of the Sith where the lights where the Mustafar lightsaber fight is 2 hours long. I would That's watch So stupid. I, I would watch a feature-length presentation that it's just the, the that lightsaber fight. Like like I don't know. You I need actually new like footage to of, accomplish this. Obviously, there's like, there's part of me there's part of me that kind of does want to go back. And I'm sorry, listeners, if you wanted to hear anything about wrestling, but fuck you. Um, here's there's the a part of me I can't have a Star Wars podcast because there's too many of them out there already. Yes, so I I need to purge my Star Wars talk. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, on yeah. some podcast, and I that's just do gonna happen. Want like. There's a part of me that wants it because because that is like, you know, the central emotional conflict of the Star Wars prequels being played out through violence and not dialogue. And, you know, me, I'm somebody who does believe, yes, emotional conversation can happen through violence and not dialogue. Yeah, that's true. 
However, well, listen, I know what you're going to say. There doesn't, it doesn't look like they're hitting each other. It's not actually violence. It's just two little gay wads. <laughs> no, no, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, but that's that's I I I you I, listeners I, don't I, I am... worry. We're both gay trans women. We can say gay wad. <laughs> Shut up, faggot. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was getting to a point. Yeah. I think that they I think that there is storytelling like despite what you know what we've talked about where you know they're just dancing around and all of that kind of stuff and and it doesn't look like that. I think there is still like possibilities for that to m- make for you know that's that storytelling through violence that I loved so much. Yeah. Um and I think Maybe there is maybe if I do go back, because that is easily like the one that because like my experience with the Star Wars prequels is I was young and stupid and I loved them up until the Revenge of the Sith came out. And that was kind of when I like really started to turn on them. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen one and two a lot. And those are the ones that I can remember. And then when I go back to them. There is not a star. There's not a lightsaber fight in those that has any weight to it whatsoever. Even when that heroic young gay man murders the the homophobe who has been coming after him, <laughs> you, I, you don't find that satisfying at all. There's there. Okay, yeah, but I mean that's that is like a small. There's a small point in what is otherwise a long sequence of jack shit i'm I'm all here for it yeah but that's what makes me nervous about revisiting (laughs) the mustafar sequence (laughs) is that you think that that is anything other than like a pretty bad music video for a pretty good john williams song (laughs) it's a pretty bitching music video for a great john williams song (laughs) that's what makes me nervous about going back to the mustafar light scene but diet coke i will watch the four hour version of revenge of the sith if we then turn it in because i i'm gonna be honest i don't think the next minute is gonna have i think i may have <laughs> want to talk about it on the podcast <laughs> yeah we have to talk about it on the podcast okay, because god we have to get through this fucking match one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay <laughs> i feel like the last like there's there's we're 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 coming we're coming around the because how many minutes does this thing have 18 so we've got five left yeah and 15 i think is there's some that's when some real stuff starts happening i want to have amanda back uh for like 18 of course because i want her to have to like you know trans like figure out what the connective tissue between yeah, everything she, that's happened she won't know what what went on in the final de- deletion or the journey we went on as podcasters yes yes heading from one place to the other anyway we've talked enough now the talking's done yeah um so we're gonna watch a four-hour cut of revenge of the sith now for- i did Watch it recently enough that I probably don't need to watch it again, but you know I'm going to watch it again. (laughs) Well, let's watch it together. 
I don't know that I can sit in a computer chair for four hours and 20 minutes with headphones on. Uh, I don't want to watch it alone. <laughs> All right, let's watch it again. Let's watch it again. Uh, okay. Okay. I don't it's even not even the headphones like... or the chair. It's having to, it's having to have to, <laughs> to make my voice heard. You know, it's, I get, I we get. We don't have to talk. You know, we watch baseball together. Like, That's... you know. We we can just sit there in silence. I just don't. I don't want to. I I'm not going to make it through four hours of Revenge of the Sith on my own. Okay. Let's watch it together. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Um. So you know how you've been watching baseball together, uh-huh. and which I've loved. Yeah. Uh, and you know I don't we're not gonna this this podcast isn't gonna pivot to baseball it's gonna pivot to something else you know how <sighs> we were watching a baseball game this is actually a perfect example of the the dodgers mariners game that we watched together uh just a couple days ago and let's say one of you is really pulling for one team to make a rally uh at the top of the ninth and they're behind and you think maybe maybe but then, you know, it's the top of the ninth, which isn't technically supposed to be the end of the game, but, but it could be. They're still behind, and the top of the ninth is done. And suddenly the the podcast is over, or the g- game is over. Do you think that there's a way that we could like uh, duplicate that kind of just sudden and kind of? sad deflation at the end of our show? No.